few weeks ago, I was given the opportunity to see Edmonton through the eyes of somebody who lives on its streets every day. Over the course of one weekend in February, nine University of Alberta students, myself included, spent time on the streets, at the drop-ins, and in the meal lines of Edmonton's inner city. Organized by the Mustard Seed, the program I participated in is called Alternative Reading Week. The experience intended to give students the chance to better understand the trials and challenges that our city's most marginalized and vulnerable populations face every day as they attempt to survive on the streets of Edmonton and piece their lives together. I was drawn to participate in this experience because I wanted to feel more comfortable downtown and get to know more of the resources we have in our city. My public transit route to the U of A brings me immediately outside the Stanley A. Milner Library in downtown Edmonton. The library itself and the bus stop certainly attract a wide spectrum of people, and I have often felt uneasy when someone approaches me for something. It's not always for money. Sometimes it's for a handshake or a smile. But I usually feel like I need to provide something, and I don't quite know what. And when the bus comes, I take it leaving a conversation half finished. I felt compelled to explore more about these people's stories. Alternative Reading Week was an opportunity to not only hear these people's stories, but to live them. That was eye-opening, to say the least. My name is Karen Fraser, and this is my experience at Alternative Reading Week. As you enter through the doors, you're confronted by a cacophony of sound, raised voices, interrogations thrown back and forth across the room, people of all different ages and ethnicities chatting with each other. Some people were sitting in silence. Other people confronted one another. Nothing too violent, just not anything that I was used to. I felt pretty obvious at first, didn't feel welcomed, didn't feel like I should be either. There was major ice. And in general, I'm on the introverted side, so I find it difficult to make conversation with anyone. It's February 14th, 2014. Today we got set up in the house that's right next door to the Mustard Seed Church and we uh, we went to the drop-in meal and we initially just took a tour of the place and found out what was there and learned a bit about the food bank campers and the Mustard Seed history and uh, and then we just jumped right in. We it was kind of like a high school cafeteria actually at first, um, down on the main floor with all the tables and chairs, and we were just told to sit somewhere and start talking to anyone, and uh, it it felt intimidating at first. For sure, 
and I just uh, sat down across from a man. He had medium-length graying hair, slicked back, and he was playing cards. He was playing solitaire. And at first, no talk happened, and I wasn't quite ready to engage, I don't think. And I just wanted to observe for a bit. So I looked around a lot, just kind of checking out what's going on and asked a dumb question like, oh, you're playing solitaire. It's pretty obvious. And then, yeah, I think we, we ended up connecting more than I expected. Eventually, the solitaire playing man commented on my above average height, a topic that has been a logical and comfortable start to countless other conversations I've had. We moved on to talking about favorite meals he's had at the Mustard Seed, his experiences living in the Salvation Army men's shelter, and some of the friends he runs into at the drop-in. I didn't get much of a sense of his personal history, but that was okay. I've come to understand that conversations over the weekend were guided by what someone was willing to reveal. February 14th, 2014. So we had a group discussion after tonight, and some of the things we initially talked about were some of the questions that we first think of asking people who are homeless or in insecure housing situations. And um, we got talking about one of our first questions we would ask would be, what do you do? And that's certainly one of the questions that seems to define who we are and provides a sense of identity. And a number of us, including me, I felt that uh, that wasn't really a question to begin with when potentially these people aren't really doing anything um, in the professional world right now. So having to rethink these questions. Uh, we talked about poverty being not just a lack of money. There's a culture of poverty and it's the way people are in, encultured and grown, growing up in a certain environment and who are their role models and well, who do they model themselves after and what's their behavior like and it, um, it all contributes to a loss and uh, a loss of something a loss of a sense of place in society. Something that many of us noticed was that the mustard seed is not just a place to meet your physical needs, like eating, but it's a place to come and socialize. And potentially if you are eating alone most nights of the week, it's really nice to eat with other people sometimes. And I can definitely relate to that. Something that we talked about as well was the if if uh, someone does have a place to stay, they're not necessarily able to bring others over. 
and actually the man I was talking to first tonight, he staying the Salvation Army and he has a quiet room, concrete walls. He said it's not noisy at all, which is great, but he can't bring anyone over. And no female friends, no male friends. And uh, that's actually one of the most important things about having your own place is being able to host and invite people. And uh, and not having that is uh, is certainly kind of, it's a loss. On Saturday afternoon, we hung out at the Boyle Street drop-in for an hour or so. That was where I met an Aboriginal man who had recently lost his wife. The range of emotions he expressed in a few minutes seemed to be reflective of the feelings in the whole room. Some voices were loud and discordant, others soft and gentle, and happiness seemed to come and go as quickly as the fits of aggression. This man approached our group of three with a smile on his face, asking our names. He started talking about his late wife. With the same grin on his face, <clears throat> he started talking about his late wife. With the same grin on his face, he pulled out a photograph of one of his kids as a baby, the only photograph he had of the child, who was now much older. I felt relieved to be having a conversation that felt meaningful. I also felt honored that he was sharing some of his life story with us. But he became overwhelmed with sadness for a few moments and dropped his head to his forearms in tears. I was surprised at his vulnerability. It also opened my eyes to poverty as a culture with more factors affecting it than simply a lack of money. I think one of the things that maybe I was most surprised about was that I just, I felt honored that people were talking to me from the community. And uh, I did feel like an outsider, but was really appreciative when I was in conversation with these very interesting people who all have very unique stories. And I just appreciated talking to them and that they were taking interest in me and also that they were listening and and yet I was listening too that was mostly what I was there for one of the stories that really struck me tonight that one of our leaders told us was about a young man who showed up to the mustard seed numerous times and he never changed his clothing, was always quite unclean, and he, um, of course there were resources available to him, he could go and have a shower and get clean for a night, and then be clean for a day, but he said that, uh, that just wasn't worth it. Really, why get clean when you're just gonna wake up and face the same thing the next day? And so when finally he felt ready to sort of move on or move away from being homeless, um, I guess he 
sort of made that statement by saying he was finally ready to change his pants. And, yeah, that really hit me as uh, something that is so important. Closer to the end of the weekend, I sat down with Sarah, one of the facilitators at Alternative Reading Week. It was a chance to decompress after an event-filled weekend, to reflect and take stock. Okay. Yeah, today is February 16th, 2014. So yesterday, Karen, you and um, five members of your group, so you split into, into groups of five, spent the day on the streets of inner city Edmonton. So you spent eight hours outside with no money, no food, um, very little direction. What would you say was one of the most challenging parts of your day? I think for me, actually, was um, being kind of extroverted all day and, and not having a space to go back to and just reflect for a bit because, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really talk to that many people in a day, I don't think. So that was new for me. And, um, yeah, just starting fresh again, like, at each new place, it was like, okay, let me get oriented to this pace, and then, okay, is anyone going to talk to me? Should I start with them? And then eventually you kind of get into a bit of a rhythm and people kind of know maybe maybe you'd like to be talked to. Um, and like at Boyle Street um, drop-in, it we, had a, we were sitting at a table, and um, at first we didn't have anyone talking to us, and then all of a sudden it became like a revolving chair. There was one chair where it was like, one person sat down, talked to us for, for a bit, and then he left, and then someone else came. So, yeah, that was neat. But, um, but again, like, yeah, just that initial, okay, what am I, what's my first question? And I think that even goes back to what we were talking about on Friday night. That whole, like, okay, what, what is my question? Not necessarily what do you do. It's like, what what are you doing today maybe mm. yeah just what have you been up to in the last few hours exactly right. yeah yeah what's kind of going on right now and then overall i mean it it's easy to feel hopeless i guess when you sometimes when you hear people's stories or see their situations but um a lot of the i mean everyone in the group mentioned times that they saw hope and experienced hope um, and where mm-hmm. would you see where would you say sorry that you saw hope this weekend um, yeah, I would say probably in just going forward and getting some plans in place, even if they're just for the day, you know, where am I going next? Um, just like knowing where you can go, um, having some friends to meet up with, that was big. Um, yeah, that, that definitely says says hope to me. Um, I think many people mentioned they had kids mm-hmm. somewhere, and I didn't ask much more, but I think maybe just living for, for others maybe too and realizing that your life matters and um, maybe at some point you'll reconnect in some way with, with other family members. Um, yeah, that was, that impacted me for sure. Um, just, we, we're not islands, right? We have, we have connections, we have networks. They have their own spheres, right? And we all, we all do. So seeing how those, those 
come together and yeah, connect. So. I went into this weekend wanting to increase my awareness of and appreciation for the lives of people experiencing homelessness. I came away being more aware of myself as well. I'm learning to change my body language in subtle ways, and I want to say hi to strangers more often. There was this sense of community in the inner city over the course of that February weekend that I haven't felt in a long time. People greeting one another, poking fun, enjoying the company of their neighbors. These people may not have houses, but they know how to be neighborly. They know how to start conversations with strangers like me, and I plan to keep on listening.